Hello and welcome to the Retro BGM Revival Hour. My name is Edward Velasco and I am the host of this show. This is a video game music show where me as well as guests will share and talk about video game music of the 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit and current video game music eras. From the obscure to the well-known, both respecting and honoring the music that many gamers have grown up on and those who have just discovered the incredible world of video game music. Before we jump into the subject of today, I would like to say thank you to all the various friends and random listeners who have encouraged me to make this podcast a reality, resulting in me fully dedicating myself into making as many episodes as possible for all of you to enjoy. It makes me very proud to know there are many supporters and lovers of video game music out there, and I'll do my best to make this the most enjoyable hour of your time. I have been a fan of video game music for as long as I can remember, and believe this is an art form that definitely needs as much exposure as possible. Each episode will focus on a specific theme, best ending music, best title screen, or a specific franchise or composer. Now this being a video game music podcast, I think something's a little iffy about the term episode. It sounds very cliche. So I'm going to start calling every posting stages, based on stages like video game and levels. So this is stage two of the Retro VGM Revival Hour. It's the summertime. Beach, sand, skateboarding, hacky sack. Wait, it sounds like I'm describing California games for the Nintendo. Sorry, my mistake. When we talk about the summertime, what comes up to your head? Beaches, theme parks, nice day walking in the park, hanging with your friends at the mall, or having an ice cream scoop at the local shake shop. But for me, there's one moment that everybody enjoys during the summertime, and that is the summertime movie season, where all the big blockbusters try and get all our money and to see whether or not which movie will come on top and be memorable for that box office season. And seeing that this is the summertime season, I thought I'd tackle the subject of movie games. Those are games based on a particular movie or movie franchise. So let's not waste any more time, and let's get right down to the nitty-gritty, shall we? We start off first with Batman, the video game, published by Sunsoft, available for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Released in Japan December of 1989, in the United States, February 13, 1990. This is stages 1 and 5, Gotham City and Cathedral, by Naoki Kodaka and Nobuyuki Hara.
That was the theme for stages 1 and 5 for Batman the video game for the Nintendo Entertainment System by again Naoki Kodaka and Nobuyuki Hara. This game brought me lots of memories considering it was probably one of the first movie based games I ever played on my Nintendo and also gave me a huge acknowledgement of how impactful video game music was. Anything by Sunsoft at that time was gold and any game with Batman, heck you know it's already an instant sell. Second in our list is Alien 3, published by LJN for the Nintendo Entertainment System, which was released in the United States March 1993. This is the title theme, composer Jeroen Tell. As we learn more about Jeroen Tell's music, we find out that it's a lot very heavily based in techno, which is very entertaining because you can almost imagine these themes at a club, if you're into that thing, but a very entertaining track nevertheless. With that, we return back to Gotham City for Batman Returns, published by Konami for the Super Nintendo. Release date, Japan, February 1993 in the United States in April of 1993. The theme is called Ambush in Gotham, composer 
Jun Funahashi, Harumi Ueko, and Kasuhiko Uehara. That was Ambush in Gotham Plaza by composers Jun Funahashi, Harumi Ueko, and Kazuhiko Uehara, which was music adapted from Danny Elfman's original score of the film. This particular one is a favorite beat-em-up of mine because of how it incorporated Danny Elfman's original score into that 16-bit system. Now many people are opposed to covers because they're not an original themes, but I give much respect to them because they were able to replicate Danny Elfman's amazing score into this game. You can always play it side by side and many of you may not be able to tell the difference because they're both so amazing 
and all complement each other as well as complement the game. Because when that Danny Elfman score is played through that 16-bit system, it feels amazing and it goes well with the action as you're beating up clowns, throwing them against traffic lights, and beating up the penguin on his giant rubber ducky? Either way, it was an entertaining game and I'm glad I've played it and cherish it to this day. From there, we go to a galaxy that is far, far away. This is Star Wars, published by JVC Digital Studios for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released November 15th, 1991. The name of the track, Spaceport, composer Marshall Parker. And that was Spaceport by composer Marshall Parker for Star Wars for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now if you notice, he kind of did an original song while mixing a cover to John Williams' score of the Cantina theme. It is very interesting how he was able to mix and match both the Cantina theme and the actual new theme he created for that stage. Which is very entertaining to listen to and a nice little romp to get you into the game. From then we move to Jurassic Park, again for the Nintendo Entertainment System, which was released June 1993. Published by Ocean, this is Level 1 Triceratops Stampede by composer Jonathan Dunn. Thank you. 
That was Level 1 Triceratops Stampede from the Jurassic Park game for the Nintendo Entertainment System by composer Jonathan Dunn. Now rather than taking John Williams' score and doing a cover version of it, he was able to create something authentic, something original, and also created something that maybe you can even dance to, and was able to incorporate, I believe, a dinosaur sound to it, which makes it really, really awesome. And coming from awesome, we go to Detroit for Robocop 3, again published by Ocean for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released August of 1992. This is the title theme. This is by composer Jerome Tell.
That was the title theme to Robocop 3 for the Nintendo Entertainment System by composer Jeroen Tell. Being one who watched Robocop 3, I was completely taken back by hearing this techno theme. Like I mentioned previously when I talked about Alien 3, Jeroen Tell was able to mix techno into these compositions that brought something new to that franchise. Sure, the game kind of lacked in quality and was very different from the previous two, but it was a joy just to hear that theme. From Detroit, we moved to New York for New Ghostbusters 2, published by HAL Laboratory for the Nintendo Entertainment System, which was released in Japan and in Europe December 26 of 1990. Now before I play the theme, here's a quick fun fact. This game was never released in North America due to the licensing issue with Activision who owned the rights in North America for the Ghostbusters games. As a result, the only version of this game was available for the Game Boy, which was only entitled Ghostbusters 2. This is also the only game that allows you to play as five Ghostbusters, of course the essential Egon, Ray, Winston, and Peter, but also lets you play as Rick Moranis' character, Louis Tully. This is Stage 2, Subway, by composer Jun Ishikawa. That was the theme to Stage 2, Subway, from the new Ghostbusters 2 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Sorry guys, only available in Japan and Europe, so better look at that eBay or Amazon to see if you can find it. The interesting thing about this particular theme, it's an actual Nintendo cover of Flip City, which was originally performed by Glenn Frey from the actual Ghostbusters movie. Probably the only time I'm going to do a comparison piece Here's a listen again to the Stage 2 theme. And this is Flip City by Glenn Frey.
I thought it was pretty cool that June Ishikawa was able to do a cover version of this theme for that particular stage. And I have to tell you, the game theme just enhances the actual movie theme. And overall, just makes the whole experience 10 times as better. It makes this game even more memorable if you can get your hands on it. From there, we move to Gremlins 2, the new badge, published by Sunsoft for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Released in Japan, December 1990, and the US, October 1990. This is Stage 1, The Office, by composers Naoki Kodaka, Nobuyuki Hara, and Shinichi Seiya. That was Stage 1, the Office theme from Gremlins 2 The New Batch for the Nintendo Entertainment System by composers Naoki Kodaka, Nobuyuki Hara, and Shinichi Seiya. Speaking of unpublished games for North America, here we have Super Back to the Future 2, published by Toshiba EMI for the Super Nintendo, released in Japan only July 23, 1993. This is Round 2 1 by composer Hitoshi Sakimoto.
That was Round 2-1 by composer Hitoshi Sakamoto for the Super Back to the Future 2 game for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Now we go back to the future and go into the woods, Camp Crystal Lake that is, for Friday the 13th published by LJN for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released February 1989. This is the character select room theme for that game by composer Hirohiko Takayama. That was the character select room theme from the Friday the 13th game for the Nintendo Entertainment System by composer Hirohiko Takayama. Have you ever found it strange that when inside the cabin, Jason will attack the player in a way that's kind of reminiscent of Punch-Out, where you have to duck and jive to avoid Jason's attack? Pretty weird. The game's pretty hard, but nothing ever fails. You and your friends are dead. Best title screen to death ever. From a man who stalks us from the woods comes a man who haunts us in our nightmares. This is Nightmare on Elm Street, again published by LJN for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released October 1989. The theme is called Town of Elm Street by composer David Wise.
That was Town of Elm Street from the Nightmare on Elm Street game for the Nintendo Entertainment System by composer David Wise. This is probably the only game that was able to be played by up to four players using the NES satellite or the NES 4 score. This game is often compared to Castlevania 2 due to the fact that the player moves around collecting pieces of Freddy's skeleton to revive Freddy in order to destroy him, just like Simon's Quest in Castlevania 2. I also like that it takes ideas from the Dream Warriors Nightmare on Elm Street 3 film as well as the whole collecting Freddy's skeleton from A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, which I have to say is pretty awesome and unique to put in a game. From there, we go to the woods, the mystical forest, the world of Willow, published by Capcom for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released in Japan July of 1989, and North America December of 1989. This is the ending theme by composer Harumi Fujita. was the ending theme to Willow for the Nintendo Entertainment System by composer Harumi Fujita. Now this next game is an unofficial sequel to a great movie that many of us knew growing up. This is The Goonies 2. This game is also known as The Goonies 2, Fatelli Saigo no Chosen, published by Konami for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released in Japan March of 1987 and North America November 1987. This is Good Enough, the main theme of the game by composer Satoe Terashima. <laughs> 
which is an NES version of the movie theme by Cyndi Lauper. You have to admire these composers for making awesome cover versions of these already established tracks with the limited resources that they have. And that was Good Enough, the main theme to The Goonies 2 for the Nintendo Entertainment System by composer Satoe Terashima, which is a cover of Cyndi Lauper's version of the same title. Really enjoyable NES theme to a very enjoyable game. Too bad that unlike the music video, I really do wish the game featured Lou Albano, The Iron Sheik, Roddy Piper, Classy Freddy Blassie, Fabulous Moolah, and Nikolai Volkov milking a cow while singing the Russian national anthem. Take it from me, go to YouTube and watch the video. If you're into old school wrestling, you'll appreciate the cameos. Now we move on into one of the more recent games that was created from an adapted movie. This is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the video game, published by Ubisoft, released for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Both released in the month of August of the year 2010. This is Rock Club by Anna Managuchi.
And that was Rock Club for Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, The Game, published by Ubisoft by Anamanaguchi. It's funny that a comic based in game tropes has a movie of the same nature just to have a game based on game tropes. It's, it's beyond me, but it's a good movie, great comic, and an awesome video game with an even better soundtrack. From the world of Scott Pilgrim, we go to the Deeds House. Lydia Deeds, as in Beetlejuice, published by LJN for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released May 1991. This is the theme to level 3, The Attic, by composer David Wise. was the attic to the level 3 theme for Beetlejuice for the Nintendo Entertainment System by composer David Wise. Now we can't let all these other systems, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, have all the fun. We appreciate all systems and their respective musics and scores. So let's bring in the Sega Genesis into the party. And with that, let's bring on some Kurt Russell. This is the intro theme to the Sega Genesis game Stargate, published by Acclaim, released April of 1995. Like I said again, this is the intro theme by composer Andy Brock and Steve Collett.
That was the intro theme to the video game Stargate for the Sega Genesis by composers Andy Brock and Steve Collette. And finally, in our last games based on movies, is Platoon for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released December of 1988. Published by Sunsoft, this is Combat Zone by composer Naoki Kodaka. That was Combat Zone for the NES title Platoon, published by Sunsoft, composer Naoki Kodaka. (music) 
And that's about all the time we have today for the Retro VGM Revival Hour. As always, I appreciate you listeners for taking an hour of your time to listen and show support for the art of video game music. If you would like to stay in touch with anything and everything VGM related, please make sure to subscribe to the official Facebook group. That Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash group forward slash VGM Revival Hour where you can post your own video game music videos or add some recommendations to future episodes. And if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at MoonSpiderHugs. You can also find track listings to everything posted on this podcast at the official SoundCloud page. Till then, this is Edgar Velasco saying, life has its ups and its downs, and also its lefts and its rights. But in the end of it all, we always end up with a little bit of extra lives to win the day. Take it easy guys, and as always, see you next time.